you know, I think just maybe we could start off with like, what are some of your earliest memories and uh, maybe some of the early impressions you've had on marketing or uh, or media? What what impressions do you kind of remember? Maybe oh gosh, as you... well it goes way back because um, I started at Old Dominion. I think you went to Old Dominion. Also, I did. So I sure did. Fellow grads, um, and so my degree was in marketing. So started there. And uh, then my first job out of college was at the Virginia Pilot newspaper, so it was a marketing there. Then I went to television, so marketing there. So there's a lot of memories and background, so I can't really pick just one, but <laughs> really got into it as far as a career um, selling newspaper advertising at the Virginia Pilot. And as we all know, that's really, really changed a lot. And that's one of the things I love about marketing, how it keeps evolving. What was, um, so what was your first job out of college? Well, that was, I would call my first real job, like a career, after I graduated. But during college, I worked at a pizza place, I worked in banking, I worked, I did a lot of things to sort of pay for college. I actually worked at the Ford plant for a little while making trucks. So I did, did a lot of things to pay for college, which is so great that I was able to do that. And now, with the expense of college, I don't think that's even really possible or barely possible that somebody can work part-time and pay for college it's a shame but absolutely i mean rising costs rising sort of you know expenses across the board i mean it's, it's a challenge Gosh. um so you you kind of moved around when did you kind of when would you say you focus your career? Like, when did you kind of settle on something? Definitely after I graduated and started looking into things. And as I mentioned, I worked part-time at a bank, so I thought about that opportunity. But my degree was in marketing, so marketing is what I wanted to do. And um, But I had an opportunity to work at a bank that no longer exists, Bank of the Commonwealth, and um, as a branch manager. And I did that for a little while. So I was in ma bank management for a while, but I really didn't like it. And so when I had this chance to go to work at the Virginia Pilot as sort of an outside salesperson, that's what I did and I, I really enjoyed that a lot. And that's basically what I've been doing ever since. Although I really think how it's gone for me over the years, I feel like I'm less in sales and more as a marketing consultant now. That's just how I feel about it. Although I have no problem with sales as a profession, I, I like it a lot. But, so it's sort of evolved over my entire life. but. What are some like interesting moments, I guess, from being at the pilot? Like, what was it back? What was it like back then? Oh gosh. Well, I sort of jokingly say, although it's a little bit true, if you were a business that purchased a newspaper ad back then, you're all set. I mean, that's basically all you needed to do. Maybe a yellow page ad or something like that. You know, I don't know. If you're a young guy, but if you recall, I do. I the, recall yellow pages, and every single Excellent. attorney had to be in there. They had like uh, yep. full pages, and and they were paying a lot of money for that, and it was really interesting. So at the newspaper, I felt like this is the deal. When you walk in, the client was for the most part really happy to see me. Like, oh, good, the newspaper's here. But you know, obviously, that's changed quite a bit. So. When did you sort of leave and like, when did you kind of strike out on your own? Well, I went to work in the 90s at a TV station, so locally at Wavy TV. So I felt like that was a sort of natural progression from print to television. It felt like it at the time anyway. And uh, did that for a long time, like basically all through the 90s. 
uh, worked at Wavy TV, and then they started their Fox affiliate WVBT, and I became a manager there. Then I went to uh, a television station in North Carolina, and then one in Alabama. So that kind of progressed from being an outside sales account executive to management, and then national sales management, and then other stations elsewhere. So I had to kind of travel, move around to continue that management track, which eventually I didn't enjoy. <laughs> and you were, so you were handling sales like back at the pilot, but when you kind of got into television, was it still, were you still kind of selling time or selling space yeah. on air? Yep. What exactly. kind of like client expectations, like how did, it, how did it vary, I guess, from, you know, you got the print, you know, expectation, you know, you want business from this or like if it's a on air space, like you want a certain amount of impressions, like, well, Kate, maybe you can walk the listeners through, like, what were some of the like client sort of uh, performance benchmarks or if, if at all? Well, the, the main thing I think the difference with television is that it was for the most part more expensive. So you had to have a budget to be able to do it. At the newspaper, you could literally buy you know, an ad that's an inch wide, basically, and you could afford it in some modest way if you had almost no budget. But in television, you needed to have a budget. And back in the day, that meant like probably at least a couple of thousand dollars, and that's a pretty modest budget. And that's in the 90s, so even more now, I'm sure. But, um, you know, when Oprah was at her peak and you bought that time period on Oprah, that was as much as a primetime show because it's all based on impressions, as you said. So the numbers of people and the demographic you're trying to reach watching it, that's how the prices made. So that's the biggest difference is you really had to have a budget. That's why you see so many auto dealers and attorneys on television because they have the budget to do it, but you don't see smaller businesses, for the most part. And what type of budget did you need to get into the TV game a bit, like, back I, then? You know, it, it varied, of course, but I had a smaller furniture store, for example, in, you know, the Great Bridge area, and he spent like $5,000 a month, roughly, and I would say, to make it effective, that was about what he needed at the time. Um, now, of course, television has changed even more, and there's so many opportunities. You could be on the local cable station, and there's some, you know, like pawn shops locally that are, have very effective ads that run a lot. And so there's other ways to buy, and um, although this pawn shop I'm thinking of has an incredibly big budget, but the way they place it is not a specific show like the Oprah. Uh, example I was using, they just do it run of station, and uh, um, the cable folks just kind of pop it in when there's a spot. Hmm. So that doesn't really answer your budget question, but it's, <laughs> it's changed a lot. No, that's that's good. That's good. gives gives me kind of a somewhat of a floor, if there, if you will, on both of those. And that's channels. totally everything I'm talking about now is locally. So there's ways to buy it regionally and nationally, of course. But this was a local uh, affiliate, and Wavy's an affiliate of NBC, but you can buy also, you can buy NBC. And so when they talk about those huge Super Bowl commercials, that's a completely different thing. You can buy it locally. Back in the day, one spot in the Super Bowl that I sold was like $15,000. One 30-second commercial in the 90s was $15,000 locally. 
Uh, but you know, you hear the millions that it costs. That's nationally. So. Wow. So I, I never really thought about that, but that makes sense. Like, kind of buying up local inventory during sort of the national the Super Bowl or events and things. Big yep. events. Yep. Yeah. No, that's that's good. So talk about your company a little bit. How did you go from working in other companies to your company? And yep. Well, the last TV station I worked at was in Huntsville, Alabama. A fine community. I liked it a lot. It was very progressive, a lot of aerospace industry, so I met a lot of great people that I'm still friends with there, but really missed this area because I'm from here, um, love Hampton Roads, love everything about it, and wanted to come back here. So I had met some guys when I was in North Carolina had, that had started an agency called the Radio Wars because they specialized in radio at the time. So I met those guys, and they were kind of franchising, if you will. They wanted to expand to other areas, and they had offices around the country. So I started one of their offices here in Hampton Roads. So that's how I transitioned from my television career into my own thing. So did that for a little while, but then wanted to kind of go my own way and not to specialize in radio. Um, it was a kind of a good learning experience for my own company and getting started. But uh, transition from that to a company called New Vision Media. Um, so did that for a little while, but it was still mostly traditional media ad placement. Like if a company, like I worked with Moe's Southwest Grill for a long time and placed their television by, and, and with other companies, quite a few in the DC area, and mostly it was media placement at that point. Um, but then um, it's you know definitely evolved so much from that time, and that's kind of how it began. Got it. And so when you did get your shop set up, what were some of the first, uh, what were some of the first things you worked on? Um, was it, was it traditional or were you? Absolutely. Print, uh, television. And that's where, you know, obviously most of my experience was. So folks would hire me to be, to either place their media, even if they had their own marketing director at their company, they may not have had as much you know, experience with purchasing television, for example, and so I would help them with that. Um, so I really focused on what my experience was, and I had a, a business partner at the time who I'd met in the television industry, and she had a television and radio background, so we, we focused on those areas that we knew about, in print. Um, but the longer we had the company, the more people asked us to do things, and, you know, as a small business, you want to do those things. It makes sense so, to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We had a, uh, a business in the Northern Virginia area called Dulles Electric, and he liked to do events. And he loved the Washington Redskins. And uh, so we would have special events there where either former players or cheerleaders or current players, whatever, would come. So we set those events up, and that's kind of how we started with the event background that I have. So... You know, we did a little bit of everything. We used to joke that at that point we did everything except skywriting, which I never have done skywriting, but almost um, everything else. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, and so, like, <clears throat> with the advent of kind of social media and um, kind of, you know, all these different ways of getting the word out, podcast, uh, you know, voice, social media, what kind of, like... What are some of the principles maybe that you bring from print, traditional, radio? I mean, how do you apply a lot of that to 
Yeah, it's interesting. So now my company, to transition to now, is called Social Monarch Media, and much of it, the reason for the name, my son thought of the name, actually, um, and that's kind of a dual meeting, but Monarch is in there because of Old Dominion, but also a social butterfly, and so Social Monarch, and then Social Media. So, so Social Media is a huge part of what we do, but the bottom line, I think, about all of that that I've just talked about up to now is it's still about impressions mm. and it's still the numbers of people that are seeing it and where they're seeing it, who's seeing it, who you want to reach. So targeting. That's, yeah. So that's the similarity. Yep. And um, I had another question. I'm jumping around a little bit. When should a client or when should a company, you know, you mentioned you might have a marketing manager or a marketing director mm-hmm. who's kind of overseeing the marketing budget. When should they maybe think to bring in some outside help, whether that's like an agency or freelance or independent? Mm-hmm. When, how, does, how does that usually shake out? Well, it definitely varies depending on what they need the help with. But for example, I work with a non- local nonprofit, and I don't know if you're familiar with how Google grants work, but they received a grant from Google where they can place Google AdWords <clears throat> for a certain amount of money in their grant. So that may not be that manager, that marketing management, or their team's expertise. So now they have this huge amount of money they can spend, but they don't really know how to do it. Makes sense. So that's where uh, I could come into play. But it can happen in so many ways. Um, more likely, that, that I do have, handle a couple of Google grants, but more likely it's with a smaller business, perhaps like yourself, that is really, really busy running their business, and they just don't have time to do it. I always suggest to everybody like yourself, and, and you do a great job of this, to be Thank on you. social media as much as possible, and, and you are. But as you may know, it's a very, very ongoing activity that takes a lot of time. So that's where I can come into play as well. Are there any um, like particular platforms that are like most interesting to, to you right now, whether it's Facebook or uh, Instagram or... YouTube or any anything in particular that like I guess maybe maybe you're seeing good results from or you know that are um, maybe driving the most impressions for the lowest CPMs that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, uh, it's funny because one of the things I love so much about it um, is it really depends on the client and you know so Facebook has been dominant forever and ever. Instagram now for a while uh, was still is very effective depending on what you're trying to do and I find it really interesting because it continues to change all the time which makes it fascinating to me a few years ago I saw somebody chatting on uh, Facebook uh, feed like does anybody use LinkedIn like has anybody ever done that and you know they were kind of joking about it and it was kind of that way it was really business to business oriented at the time well I mean it still is but it I think LinkedIn is really really evolved and it's really an important place to be depending on what your business is and what you do. So I think that's really effective. I think there's some fun new things. People joke about TikTok because it's just, you know, kids and having a good time, but it, it can be an effective place too, depending on the business. And really it's wide open right now. It doesn't have all of the huge algorithms and restrictions that, you know, some of the other folks like, like a Facebook continues, like every time you turn around, the rules have changed a little bit. It gets harder and harder. So, I guess the answer is it depends, but I have fun with things like TikTok and, and new new things. How do you get a, a customer, or do you get a customer to 
embrace LinkedIn or TikTok or uh, whatever, um, podcast, whatever. How do you get them to embrace it if, um, if they are not used to allocating dollars there, not just on the kind of reach and performance side, but even on the, on the creative uh, side, like yeah. uh, actually developing the, the, the pictures and videos and right. words that go there? Well, it's definitely a multifaceted answer to that question. Yep, yep. I could give you a lot, but one um, is, and that I like so much about digital marketing in general, is that the, it's, it's very, very definable. In other words, you can look at your results. You can look at um, you know, the data, the insights after the fact. You can see if it's performing or not. Where back, some of the earlier things we were talking about, it was a little harder to define how did this perform? What was my return on investment of my radio ad or you know, whatever, because nobody's bringing in a coupon with the radio ad, they may say, oh yeah, I heard that, but it's kind of hard to define. But you can look at analytics um, with various social media, with click-throughs to your website, with things like that. So the proof is right there in the pudding, if you will, and I like that about it. So there is some definition you can get from that, you can look at the analytics, and I do that with all my clients. I sit down monthly, if not more, with them. We look at a huge spreadsheet. Some are more into the data than others. Some of them don't want to see all those numbers, but some really do, and we dive into it deeply. Like, this message really engaged with your customers, with the people that we're trying to reach. This one didn't so much, so this is the direction we're going to go. These videos really work. Maybe these videos really worked on you know, uh, Facebook, but they didn't work over here. So it's, it's a huge answer, but one thing I will say, and I, I like the ability to work with people that really understand and kind of, you know, when I do, do share this data, they get it. Um, and some people, you know, and I'm, I'm definitely not uh, categorizing anybody, but sometimes older folks <laughs> don't really get that as much, not all the time. But, um, and I'm a little older myself, but uh, people that don't use it all the time, let's say that, that aren't on Facebook, they really don't understand what's going on with social media, they don't want to be there, so, you know, they kind of don't get it, and that's not going to be a good marriage between my firm and their company, they don't really understand. I try to, to teach them and guide them along, and sometimes that works, and sometimes it does. <laughs> and the year is about to turn over, I mean, is there anything that you've, I guess, learnings or takeaways from this year that you picked up like I know for us um, <clears throat> you know definitely working with influencers and content creators has been you know really good for getting the word out yeah, in a yeah. word of mouth sort of way um, have you learned and, and you know we speculated at it until we really you know committed and really you know put our, our soul into it I guess mm -hmm. what um, what kind of like learnings or you know anything like that maybe that you saw over the year for clients or anything? Wow, yeah, uh, that's just a, a huge area because it we have learned so much in my firm and myself and what we do. It depends, it just depends. But um, you know, influencers that's interesting. There's some local influencers that we've worked with, but. But I just think new opportunities, and some of these, I mean, new to me, are new to my clients. Not new per se, but like geotagging and geofencing and, and some campaigns we've done re recently. That was relatively new to me, but it's fascinating. 
So the more that you can have messages that pop up on people's mobile device, because everybody uses those, 80% of search now, something like that, well, it depends on the industry, but is on mobile devices. So that's where people are. Um, so, you, you know, a lot of, well, some folks complain about, oh, look at this, nobody talks anymore, they're all on their phone. Well, that's just the way it is. That's the, that's the way it is. Yeah. You didn't complain about that when, you know, everyone was in the same room together. Like, everyone's in this room. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So um, if you're not, if your message isn't there, you're, you're missing that opportunity. So I don't know if that was really a specific answer to your question. But as far as learning things and doing things, that's it's a huge opportunity. Yeah, no, it's a wide spectrum. Um, that's great. Um, what's a typical day like for you are you do you have a routine do you have any rituals um how do you kind of organize yourself yeah um well one of the things i like about having my own company is i don't have to have a set routine and i can vary things if i want but i try to get up early and i work in my home office for a few hours in the morning when things are kind of quiet and uh, i really can take time to sort of plan and think before the phone starts blowing up and and people need things so I like to be able to do that, and then as I see you almost every morning going to work. I know. I was in the back of my head. I'm like, I'm wondering, because yeah. <laughs> we see each other every yeah. morning just about. So I don't even really come over to the office until about that time, which at that point it's like 10, yep. but I've already been working since like 6, mm-hmm. but at home quietly, which I, I like that. Um, so I get to the office, and usually a lot of what I do is out of the office anyway. So I've got a, a few folks that work with me. One of the gentlemen I brought here, Maurice, today is standing by on the sidelines. But uh, we do some things in the office, um, social media, you know, planning and um, you know, website development, website management. We shoot videos. We had a project two weeks ago where we shot a video for an attorney uh, at the oceanfront. And as Maurice can attest, we were out there at 6 o'clock in the morning to shoot the video, and it was all day on Saturday and Sunday mm-hmm. and um, so as you can tell from that the days are varied they don't close down necessarily on the weekend and, and I like that I like to I, I basically I enjoy my work so much that it's kind of not work I know that's sort of a cliche but I, I plan and strategize all the time it can be in the evening it can be I Often, as an entrepreneur, I'm sure you've experienced when you're lying in bed and you think of something at 2 a.m. or whatever, and you, you know, you, you pop up on those on those occasions and maybe take care of it. So sounds about right to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that kind of that sets me up for my next question. I was going to ask, um, what have you learned maybe about yourself by being in business for yourself? Oh gosh. Well, I think that's one of the things I have learned about myself is that. You know, back when I did some of those other jobs I mentioned, um, you know, it was at a point where you have a mortgage, you have, you know, uh, commitments and things you have to take care of and and your time constraints where maybe you're taking your kids to a little league or whatever. All of that's great. And I really, really love that part of my life. But I love now that I'm a little past that, that I focus most of my time, I can't even really put a percent on it, but a lot of my time on my work. That's why I don't consider it work because that's what I'd like to do. And that's, I still have time for my friends, my family, but I've learned about myself that I have no plans for retirement. I have no future plans to, you know, like I, I want to move to, you know, the Bahamas and, and 
hang out on the beach. That's not what I want to do. So that's what I've learned about myself. I like to work. Yep, that's good. Um, I was gonna I'm jumping around again. Um, how are you organizing uh, any? Do you have freelance network where you find folks, or do you keep the talent in house? Like, how do you kind of think about that? Because um, we mentioned getting up and you know shooting on the weekend. I'm yep. just curious. Are you behind the camera, or you got folks no, doing that? Got have folks to do that. Um, so I have some um, full time folks, but a lot of them are contracted people, depending on the project. Uh, folks I've worked with since my TV days with video. So one guy in particular who's basically our creative director, really, but uh, his name is Mike Diller, and he shoots most of uh, our work, and he has a couple of associates that work with him. So we have all the equipment, all the things we need, but it depends on what we're doing. We may shoot a video just with my, uh, like I do it, just with my phone or iPad. Yeah, why you not? Know? So we do that. I have a lot of attorneys uh, that we work with that just want to shoot a quick message about something something that may have changed in the law or whatever and I'll just zip over to their office and do it but if it's a complete video where it's sort of a branding message and they want to put it on their website like this this one was um, then we'll get a crew and so I'll get contracted folks together so it depends on the on the project but yeah I use a lot of local people depending on what the project is and bring them in for the I think we had uh, Maurice, well, like seven people working with us on that crew, including Maurice. <laughs> so we had a lot of folks out there. We had a makeup person. We had a person flying a drone. So these people don't work for me full time, obviously. So, but I have a good network of folks. Yeah. <clears throat> um, have you had any mentors or any anyone that you kind of bounce ideas off of? Or yeah, um, <clears throat> it really depends on what we're talking about. You know, life in general, our our work, but. Um, good friend of mine from back in the, the, the day. He worked in uh, media and radio for a long time. His name is Ron Rieger. Um, this goes way back, but he worked at FM 99 for a long, long time. So he's a good friend of mine and has been for many, many years. So I chat with him, but really more life things than media. But I love to listen to podcasts like yours. And, um, <laughs> Get that plug in there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Gary V. I I listen to all the time. And, and you know, Tim Ferry. It depends, but usually on my ride into work, I used to listen to the news. I'm kind of a news junkie, and yeah. I really, I, I love. It's like it, in your blood, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I love NPR. I love that stuff. But you know, sometimes that world gets a little crazy, and so really now I've kind of changed my routine to listening to podcasts on the on the way in, and that's really helpful. So Gary Vee is not my personal mentor, but I do end up quoting and thinking about a lot of the things he says all the time. So. Yeah, they've got crazy machine happening, it looks like, with just seeing from content to customers, you know, it's just, it's insane. It's all about content. Um, I was going to ask you about books. Do you mm -hmm. have any books that maybe you personally read or like that, you know, are good for media, like someone maybe starting out, you know, just... Maybe someone just middle of the road getting trying to go to the next level. Yeah, um, I try to keep up all the time, and I really do read primarily things on my phone more now. Like I look at the newspaper, you know, the New York Times on my phone, things like that. So most of the reading I do is, and I don't know how great this is, but it's on my phone nowadays. But I do love books, and I read a lot of. I like enjoy history. But as far as 
life-changing things go, I would definitely say, and this goes back a while, but it really kind of changed my life and focus a lot, was Stephen Covey in The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. That's and a I, good one. I would really recommend that people take a look at that because I guess that came out in the 90s, so it's been a while. But it's still, I believe, it still holds up, and I have to look back at those seven habits and think about it once in a while. So, What else um, for 2020? What are you, anything... Big plans, excited about anything on your mind? Well, you know, I mentioned that we're I'm trying to gear up to hire a few new people. And one thing that I haven't done in the past few years since we transitioned to Social Monarch Media and, and sort of rebranded ourselves that way, I haven't really gone out to seek out new business. It's kind of in a, in a very nice way. I work with clients, and then they, they sort of recommend me to other people, and um, that's, been, that's been a great way to do it. Referrals is... Love that. Yeah, it's the best. But I'd like to be a little more aggressive about how I go after business. And if anybody, you know, when folks listen to this podcast and they, they maybe seek me out on social media, they may, might think, oh my gosh, he really hasn't done a thing for himself. Because I, I just thought about it the other day, like my Instagram, Social Monarch Media Instagram, I think there's like five posts on there. So I've made a huge commitment that not only to do this for my clients, but to do it for me. Mm, <laughs> so um, that's a new commitment for 2020. And one thing I hope, you know, we're all working on. Um, Maurice here is a big Redskin fanatic, and he's <laughs> constantly blogging and stuff for the Redskin wire and things like that. I want to do that for us too. So we've talked about, um, you know, uh, a podcast and things like that. And I totally side note, I have another company that you're aware of that I started that is a nonprofit now called Go Local 757. And we've done a lot of um, uh, events over the years, some that you've come to, oh, yeah. uh, to raise money for local nonprofits. And I want to start a podcast for Go Local to interview local entrepreneurs and business leaders like you. So I'd love for you to be on our... Oh, I'd be honored. Yeah, I'd thank love you. to do that. Appreciate it. Um, so where can listeners follow you or find you um, if they have questions or if they want to have a chat with you? Well, we're... Social Monarch Media is on Facebook and, and social media on um, LinkedIn. And we have uh, a website, socialmonarch.net. So check that out. Um... You know, I think that you can find my phone number right on there, and every phone number that I have out there on social media or my website directs to my cell phone, so it will come to me. So feel sounds, free to give me a call. Sounds good. Hey, I really appreciate your time. I know you're very busy. Um, Thank you. We appreciate you for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Thanks.